You are listening to Everywhere You Are, a podcast produced by the Dawson Women's Ministry. At Dawson, we recognize that women's ministry is not a class or a club you join. Ministry is not confined to the four walls of a church building, and it's not limited by life stages or circumstances. Rather, ministry is living a life of service everywhere you are. This podcast seeks to encourage listeners everywhere they are, in the laundry room, driving carpool, taking a break for lunch at the office, or getting exercise. We believe God calls each of us to be ministers at all times in all places. Welcome to Everywhere You Are. In this episode, we're looking at the spiritual discipline of silence and solitude, and we hear from Stacy Waldvogel and Mary Jackson. They describe how their practice of silence and solitude has changed through various life stages. Listener, what season of life do you find yourself in today? Are you in a busy stage, running your children to and from various events and practices, meeting the endless needs of infants and toddlers, studying for exams? seeing patients or meeting never-ending deadlines at work? Or perhaps you're in a quieter life stage, an empty nest or retirement on the horizon. Depending on where you are today, the spiritual discipline of silence and solitude may feel like a precious rare gift or a burden of yet another hour alone with the minutes being all too quiet. Richard Foster in his book Celebration of Discipline reminds us, We can cultivate an inner solitude and silence that sets us free from loneliness and fear. Loneliness is inner emptiness. Solitude is inner fulfillment. Whether alone or among people, we always carry with us a portable sanctuary of the heart. Enjoy this episode. Hello again. I'm Rachel Langston. I'm here with Sarah Borland. Uh, We're talking about spiritual disciplines today. We're going to look at solitude and silence. And our guests are Mary Jackson and Stacy Waldvogel. So, Sarah, you want to get us started? Absolutely. We always open up with the same question, and it is, where are you today? This is Stacy, and um, I'm so happy to be here and talking about one of my favorite subjects. I am new to the area about, I, I call it new for Birmingham standards, the best, uh, almost four years here now. I felt called to ministry in high school and have not known a time where I didn't feel like I knew who Jesus was and connect with Jesus, um, thanks be to God. And so I feel like my calling is a part of where I am today, and that is just walking with people who already know Jesus but want to take their next step toward Jesus, whatever that is. Spiritual disciplines have been really rich for me in that. My husband is Dieter, and we have three kids, Mathis and Tyler and Anna. They are 15, 13, and 11. And I work at Fuller Theological Seminary, which is where I also um, went to seminary. And I get to do that from here, even though they're located in Pasadena, California. So I work with um, seminary students and also just pastors and ministry leaders on spiritual formation and um, the health of the church. What about you, Mary? I'm Mary Jackson. My husband, Larry, and I have been married for over 50 years. I grew up in the home of a pastor. 
Um, my father pastored small churches in South Alabama, and I had a, have a rich spiritual heritage because of that. I met my husband, Larry, at the University of Alabama, and we've been married, as I say, over 50 years, been in Dawson over 50 years. My family, my parents laid a firm foundation of spiritual disciplines. I remember so vividly every morning before we ate, uh, my parents would read scripture and we would pray for all the Southern Baptist missionaries all over the world. Mother had a map wow. by the table mm -hmm. and she would use royal service, now it's called Missions Mosaic, and we would find the countries where missionaries were serving and we would pray for them by name. That was very special. And I still do that today. I don't have a map anymore. I used to when my children were home. But um, one of my main focuses is Missions Mosaic. It is the most wonderful magazine published here in Birmingham by Women's Missionary Union. And every day it lists Baptist missionaries who are actively serving and who are retired. It's just a joy. And some of them I know, like Tuesday, was Betty Sands. And I, I texted her, I said, Happy birthday, Betty! I saw your <laughs> name on the... They're retired missionaries from all over in some really hard places, even North Korea. They were there a while. And she texted me back and she said, Mary, thank you, but today is not my birthday. <laughs> and I said, What? I saw your name in missions in my bank. She said, I know it, but it's not my birthday, and I've gotten several texts. <laughs> well, how'd y'all kind of get from Tuscaloosa to Birmingham and to well, Dawson? Larry um, knew he was going to go to medical school, so I knew I would have to find a job of teaching. I had majored in elementary education in college. Right. And um, so the first year, he stayed in an apartment with a friend and started, and I lived in the little house that Blake Jenkins lives in, a little house next to him that's been torn down now. I boarded, you ever heard of boarding? Yeah, yeah. With a lady, a single lady, and then another friend from college. And she was a teacher and I was a teacher. So I lived there. And then we married the next year and lived in the tiniest apartment in Birmingham, the cheapest, and it doesn't even exist anymore. And we had our first child there, and um, Larry was able to walk to UAB every day for school. We had one car, and I could drive to my job, and so anyway, then, fun. then we moved and got a bigger house and had two more children, and I became a stay-at-home mom. Anyway, we've been at Dawson the whole time, um, taught young married couples to start with, and then when our children became middle schoolers, we moved into the middle school area, and now finally we've joined a senior adult, <laughs> which we need to have done a long time ago. So, spiritual disciplines, what's the first thing that pops in your head when you hear that term? I think for me, it's not a thing that pops into my head, it's a, an emotion, I get excited. <laughs> I don't exactly know why that is, but I just feel like I really connect with God through spiritual disciplines and that 
kind of phrase and idea um, is relatively new in my life. And even though I've been doing them, we've all been doing them for many, many years, but just talking about them in that way. And then I feel like I've learned so much about spiritual disciplines and learned a lot of other spiritual disciplines in the last, I don't know, uh, 10 or 15 years of my life. And so um, I just... I get excited. I feel like there's a lot more for me to learn, and it's just a beautiful way to grow close to God. So how do you define spiritual disciplines? What you- I just feel like it's a way, ways to draw near to God on a regular basis, and I think in terms of rhythms and just having regular rhythms in our lives and spiritual rhythms and ways that we connect with God. You know, we can talk about the word disciplines. Uh, mm-hmm. There's, there's some, there's a lot to that. Uh, that it is a discipline. It's, it's something that you work at and that you get better at as you practice it. I love that you approach discipline with joy because I think sometimes I approach the word discipline or a discipline in your life, whether it be spiritual or working out. We were talking about that, and I don't always approach it with joy or excitement. It's sort of a feeling, not of dread. I wouldn't say that about spiritual disciplines, mm-hmm. but definitely like pass or fail. This is something yeah. I do or don't do, and therefore I've checked it off or not. So really to approach it with joy is, sounds to me more like it's a relationship with you. It must be because I, I don't consider myself a very disciplined person in general. <laughs> so it's not like I'm this highly organized, disciplined person in every area of my life. So I found great freedoms from that and perfection and just standards I set for myself and miss a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I find great freedom in spiritual disciplines because it's about drawing near to God. And there's just great beauty and freedom mm-hmm. in that. You know, the uh, spiritual disciplines aren't new. And, and in some ways, maybe the terminology is somewhat new because it's not like you haven't always been involved in prayer and worship and right. and you know fasting I would think one of the ladies we were talking to her first comment was I think of fasting so all of those are are things that we've always done as believers but you know this maybe the terminology is relatively modern or, mm-hmm. or new yeah um, well spiritual disciplines have been around yeah. ever since yeah the time of Jesus right before right so but it's just this idea of the way that we talk about them mm-hmm. and the way that they're kind of had a resurgence in mm-hmm. spiritual life in um, in our culture and for sure in America is different and new now. well Mary what so we're talking about silence and solitude so tell us a little bit about what that looks like for you it looks like my kitchen table mm-hmm. when everything's quiet early in the morning right after breakfast and in a chair next to my chair is my Bible my missions mosaic and some other devotional books that are meaningful and so I just start with um, scripture reading prayer and always prayer for our missionaries who many their names can't even be printed because they serve in very, very closed areas. And then, of course, those that I've already mentioned who are retired and who are back in mostly in the States. It's a time of deep prayer, prayer for so many people. Oh, just being a member of Dawson and especially senior adults. 
Oh my, I know every age group has issues with so many senior adults. We've had a lot of deaths in the class that we have joined during COVID. And it's just a part of the season that we're in and mm -hmm. falls that lead to terrible things. And, you know, just uh, drawing closer and drawing nearer, knowing that my days are numbered now. You know, I didn't even have time to think about it when my children were young. I could hardly keep my, you know, head above the water, as they say. But, you know, I just want to invest in my children and my grandchildren and be intentional. You know, it's interesting that you bring up, because I've been thinking about different stages of life and practicing solitude and silence, because thinking about when my kids were little, Solitude and silence was not a thing. <laughs> it was just very hard to get right. to that. Right, right, and you right. had to be very intentional to plan times away. Um, and when my kids started going to school, then I could do that. All three were in school full time. That just was a whole new world as far as spiritual disciplines of any sort or aloneness or solitude of any kind. But my father's in his 90s, so way older than you. But I've thought a lot about different seasons of life, like what it must be like for him and people in his season of life who wants more things to do, whereas there's so many seasons of life where you're like, I have too many things to do. Oh, and yeah. so I wonder what solitude and silence looks like in mm -hmm. other seasons of life. Well, you have time. Mm -hmm. Time. And time can be such a blessing. You know, at other times, time is maybe not so mm -hmm. much a blessing. But I found it to be a great blessing. Do your, do your morning times at the table does the amount of time fluctuate? I mean, are there days that you're there for an hour? And oh, absolutely. And it's just been so amazing. I just feel like God would put a person on my heart. You need to send her a card. You need to write her some scripture passages. And we have just the sweetest, precious people who are going through chemotherapy. Young, young people, young single people. And I just feel like God, you know, he'll I'll read a verse, and I'll, I need to send that to her. I need to send it to her mom and dad. So I try to keep cards of encouragement, thinking of you, praying for you, and just stop right there, write a card, put a scripture verse in it, and then get it on down to the mailbox before I even start putting See, the dishes in See, that's where it gets stopped up for me. I will do a card, or I will fill something out, but to get it from inside the house to the mailbox. Got it. I know how Do hard I have stamps? And stay ahead on stamps. I always buy two books at Publix. Well, I to tell y'all something so funny. We, when we were in college, we had this older couple that kind of uh, discipled us or ministered to us. And you know, they were one or probably two stages ahead of us. So anyway, we were dear friends with them. Well, now they still live in Waco and we live here. And every year at Christmas, she sends in her Christmas card a book of stamps. That's her Christmas mm. gift. But are you, the way you speak, I'm wondering if you are a writer or an artist. Oh, you're so precious. No, <laughs> no. But you are a very observant person. You well, said silence looks like to me my kitchen table. And I think that that is such a beautiful way to put your well, time. That's just that's just where it's happened. But I do notice things that my family does mm -hmm. not notice. 
I just do. Mm-hmm. You know, I notice people, and I can look at people and tell if they're down, if they're up, and I don't know. I just love finding beautiful cards. I, I you know, I, there's some beautiful ones on Amazon. I just try to keep boxes of them so that I don't have that excuse of not having a card. If you have them, you're more prone to use them. Mm-hmm. And um, I've even saved special cards that people have sent to me at times of great need, and they were worded so beautifully. And I thought, I'm gonna save that, and it'll kind of be a springboard <clears throat> in sending cards mm-hmm. to other people. No, I do think it's interesting, though, in your, in your description, silence and solitude is not the same thing as stillness that you there is a there's activity and there's intentionality in your scripture time your and if you're writing somebody there's encouragement there's but you're actually doing something hmm. um, right right I, that's just who i am it, you know i don't know how it got there but <laughs> what does it look like for you stacy silence I, and solitude that, I, well i like that observation because for me and we're all built differently, right? So I have to work really hard to quiet the inner mm-hmm. dialogue going mm-hmm. on and to shut out the noise of the world. Mm-hmm. And so I can practice, definitely I can practice solitude and silence at home, which is good. Um, it opens up a lot of opportunities. Um, but sometimes I can't because there's the laundry or the other things or the... I will often, when I'm doing that at home, I'll text somebody. My version of the card is text, I'm praying for you this morning. Mm -hmm. But there are other times when I spend time in solitude and silence that I have to get away from all of that. I have to put my phone away. I have to physically go somewhere else. So when the weather's nice, um, I'll go to the botanical gardens and find a swing or a bench Mm -hmm. or um, one of the other kind of parks around here. I've gone to the little prayer garden here at at Dawson, Mm -hmm. which is um, actually remarkably private. Like, (laughs) it's just this little small space, Mm -hmm. but it's got this beautiful water feature Mm -hmm. and places to sit, and it's pretty, and it's Mm -hmm. quiet, and it's... Um, and it's nice. So I really connect with God in nature. Um, we also are um, grateful to have a screened porch in the back of our house that mm-hmm. feels private. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I'll spend time there. But I have to leave everything except my journal and my Bible and a pen at home or somewhere yeah, else. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And so for me, solitude and silence looks like kind of... Um, quieting the myself before God and listening, trying to listen. We pray so much and have so much input mm-hmm. that um, I'm really wanting to cultivate and just feel drawn to cultivate a listening posture toward God. Mm-hmm. When I think about uh, Elijah uh, hearing God with a still small voice, it wasn't in the noise of the earthquake or the whirlwind or the fire it was when he was all was still and silent for him that God revealed himself and I want that I really crave that so are you doing anything specific to cultivate the listening and if so what is what does that look like always there are other spiritual practices that um, 
that help cultivate listening. So different ways of listening to God's Word in the Bible, not just listening with our ears. So sometimes I do listen like I have scripture playing in earphones or in the car, but also ways that we read scripture and sit with it and meditate with it. There's so many different ways to do that. And um, you have a Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster here, and I love that book. And I also have Sacred Rhythms by Ruth Haley Barton here, and it's a similar kind of book. And that those talk about a lot of different ways, um, but you really, it's harder to listen in life in general, I think, than mm-hmm. speaking, <laughs> but it's also, a challenge for a lot of us to try to listen to God. So I think we do have to work really hard at that. I, think I, I have a shared office. There's three people in the mm-hmm. space that I work in. And I'm sitting here thinking about how easy it is for me to do something to tune all that out. Mm-hmm. And that that probably transfers into what you're talking about. I, I'm probably way easier to tune out God than I am to mm-hmm. specifically listen. You have to really put yourself very, like you said, uh, Mary, intentionally mm-hmm. in that space. And I think as moms, we're good at tuning out. Oh, you have <laughs> to. You know, otherwise. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for saying that. that. That encourages yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you have to or you'd be mm-hmm. totally insane. But I hadn't thought about the, the aspect of the listening part. That's, that's good. Well, in solitude and silence, I feel like, and I'd love to hear your perspective on this, Mary, like, what is the point of it? You know, it's for me, and it might be different for every person, that, but for me, it's to, like I said, quiet my mind and my heart and all the things that I'm worried about or thinking about or planning or places I have to be or things I have to do and just be. So the being versus doing and just be with God and recognizing God's presence. And the reason I like in nature so much is just, I just see, you could just see God right. everywhere. Well, and you just have to be intentional. It won't happen. And no. I've learned if I don't do it the first thing in the day, mm-hmm. it just won't happen. It will yeah. not happen. Other things, good things, important things, mm-hmm. but it just won't happen. And I, I lose. Mm-hmm. I'm the loser when I don't stop, read scripture, meditate, mm-hmm. pray. So what did that look like in the years that you were teaching? It was so hard. It was so hard. I was so tired. I thought, well, I'll, I'll do it when I get home. I was so tired. And then while I was teaching, both Larry's mother and my mother were both in assisted living, and I would try to go every single day after school to visit them. They were both, thank goodness, in the same facility. And they wouldn't want me to leave. You know, they want me to stay till supper time. And so I would. And then it was night before I got home. And of course, he would be still working and he didn't get home till late. But it, the energy's gone. You, I think you have to have energy, strength to let go of things. It takes energy to. To quiet yourself. To quiet yourself. <laughs> and it was just go, 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 go. Yeah. Um, it was really hard. And I struggled with that. I would write verses and keep them on my desk at school mm-hmm. or in my drawer. Whenever I had any time, I would just try to, you know, focus on that. But I, I did not 
I was not able to rise above my work life and my parents' uh, mother's lives as much as I wish I could have. I just couldn't do it. So that's one of the ways that in different life stages it looks different. It does look different for me. I also teach in Dawson Young Professionals DYP, so they hear me say this a lot. But with spiritual practices and disciplines, do what you can do, not what you can't do. That's right. You know, and do you feel like you have grace on your younger self? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I, at the time, I didn't feel it, but now I thought, what could I have done more? Right. I just, I gave and gave and gave, and you know, we're only human. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we give out, and it takes energy to do all this, mm -hmm. but it's so important. It's as important as food. Right. You know, spiritual food is as important as the physical. Mm -hmm. Were there other disciplines that were probably more prominent because of the of the stage you were in? Like, I'm, I'm thinking so of, true. in my life, probably when my kids were younger, I think prayer was a more... I would, I would say the same. You know, yes. significant mm -hmm. discipline. Mm -hmm. And now that they're in college and, and we're beginning to look toward empty nests, mm -hmm. the idea of solitude and silence is, is something that's really more feasible. And, and so welcome. You know, you say, oh, finally. I've been trying to get here a long time. <laughs> finally. Yeah. But it's almost, it's kind of like what Stacy's saying, do what you can do, what you can't do. That's and at right. different stages of life, there are going to be things you can, you can do and feel pull to do more and other things you can't do but I'm even thinking like the busy stage of life of having young ones the solitude and silence is almost a larger gift and more highly valued in a way like I can't remember even if it's less frequent you crave, you crave it more it's like a jewel good you know point. it's like it, good point. you might good point. and then I was thinking about your dad wanting more to do and how Time and silence can be crushing, right? Mm -hmm. When you're lonely, mm -hmm. or, or no, I don't alone. know if that's or yeah. unwell, or, or unwell, that's right, or grieving. Or silence yeah. can be crushing. Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. So it may be that during that time, the spiritual discipline of prayer, or this. But anyway, at different stages. Well, and I think a lot there are people who are more drawn to solitude and silence. And people who are not. Yeah, like an extrovert would think it. But I'm extroverted. Are really? I consider myself on the on the spectrum of extroversion and introversion, which I think there is a spectrum. I'm definitely more extroverted. I would agree with that. Just yeah, how I've known you in community. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like when COVID happened and there was that <laughs> meme going around about that my husband put that and put my name attached to it. Like introverts put down your books. Your extrovert friends are not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> So you don't have to be, isn't that awesome? Yeah. And it was so true. And that was like a weekend. So yeah. it wasn't like... I will say, I ran into you at the parking lot at Publix during COVID. Was <laughs> I very chatty? And you were like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I loved it. I loved it. That um, may be true. But, but so I think that's important to talk about that even though I consider myself more extroverted and I would love to hear yes, what you think, I Mary. I consider I am more You feel the same for way? Sure, yes. So you don't, it doesn't, solitude and silence is not for introverts only at that's all. That's funny because that's see, so and you also described when you said what it reminds you of, you said joy, which, I mean, that would make sense for an introvert. That solitude and silence uh, yeah, would be like, that. yes. Yeah, finally, yeah. And yet you are totally bent in a different direction, but you find joy in that. 
Absolutely. That's interesting. I wouldn't have thought about that. I'm also fascinated by solitude and silence in nature and experiencing God there. And I also, when I picture someone having that discipline in nature, it rarely comes with a journal and a Bible and a, all the accoutrement. You're probably by yourself, not caring, you know, and just sitting there. And it's almost worshipful in a way to see. I never really thought of that as being a spiritual discipline. Yes, because you, you slow could. down. Yes. You slow down and you notice. You notice God. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, I mean, that's one. There's. I think there's probably a lot of definitions for solitude and silence. Mm-hmm. Maybe even taking a walk for some oh, people oh, yeah. is a hike, a walk. Definitely. I was thinking of how Kristen talked about how she'll walk and say scripture, mm-hmm. memorize scripture. That's where she learns her script, does her scripture memorization. So that would be solitude and mm-hmm. silence because you're kind of meditating on scripture about talking about nature I noticed early yesterday morning after the heavy rain that we had all these wildflowers just popped up mm-hmm. and it's just such a worshipful experience mm-hmm. to see the green green and these purple little violets just everywhere Mary I, you are an artist <laughs> I, just, I just had to go get my little scissors my little scissors and just cut them and put them in a tiny little vase well, yeah. and, Take them with you. and put them above the sink so that I could yes. you know, I spend a lot of time to sink. Look at them all the time. Anything that in particular that either has been helpful for you or something that you use as part of your practice? Stacy, I'm interested in that Rhythms book, yes. Sacred okay. Rhythms book. I... It's, I love this book. It's Sacred Rhythms, Arranging Our Lives for Spiritual Transformation. It's by one of my favorite um, authors, and she also, it's Ruth Haley Barton is her name. She also has a book, which I brought with me, called Invitation to Solitude and Silence. Ooh. And so that's very specific about this. It has a foreword by Dallas Willard, but she, um, in this invitation, every chapter gives ways that you can actually practice it. I feel like I've learned a lot through that. And then also, um, Jan Johnson has written a lot on things, spiritual disciplines that I like. The book I brought today is called Abundant Simplicity, Discovering the Unhurried Rhythms of Grace. And so unhurried life and solitude um, go together. Even if a lot of your life is hurried, <laughs> the, it has to be unhurried when you're doing solitude mm-hmm. and silence. Or there's this desire for unhurry. And then I would, I mean, I'm not trying to do the Sunday school answer here, but (laughs) I'm now holding my Bible. Um, (laughs) Because the inspiration for, um, you know, I mean, Jesus is the inspiration for doing this. I mean, how many, I started kind of writing just in um, Matthew and Mark and Luke. um, And then I just stopped writing because it was so many. How many times that it says Jesus went away to lonely places. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it says he prayed and sometimes it just says he went away. Mm -hmm. Then when the disciples came back from him being sent out to minister, Mm -hmm. right? The first Mm -hmm. thing he said, that occurred to you too, Mary, you had that written down. The first thing he said to them is come away and rest. So there's just so many places um, in the Bible where we see that this is part of, if you're a Christ follower, this is one of the things that, and that's why I like the word invitation so much. Mm -hmm. It's not a, when you see discipline as a, Mm -hmm. you should do this, like Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remove the word should from my vocabulary Mm -hmm. in general, because that's a Mm -hmm. struggle for me. But when you view it as this invitation, 
um, to come away with God and just rest and just be, and you don't have to do, do, do. Um, mm-hmm. What's not to think that's beautiful and joyful? I'm thinking of that scripture that Jesus said where he says, take my yoke upon yes. you for my, yeah. you know? Right. Well, and you mentioned freedom earlier. There is such a freedom in thinking and, and getting in the mindset of here's my time alone. Here's my time of silence with the Lord. And maybe all that happens today is that he and I have a little conversation. Maybe, you know, this whole idea of reading through the Bible in a year or, you know, checking that off the list of getting, you know, reading however much to break it down. Maybe I only read three verses that day. Right. Because that's where he and I are Mm -hmm. in that moment. And the the freedom that comes from, I don't have to finish this in a year. I don't have to read this chapter today if that's not as far as I need to go. Well, and the gift that God offers. I mean, it's such it's so our culture to be about doing and productivity and all sorts of things, which is a big stumbling block to a lot of people from mm-hmm. even feeling like they can do this. Right. But that's not God's economy. And God, God just wants, he cares much more about our being mm-hmm. with him. Absolutely. And that even if our time is limited, if you only have oh. 20 minutes, it's it's 20 minutes of you and God. It's not 20 minutes, but that wasn't enough to get accomplished right. what I, oh, you know. Right, mm-hmm. absolutely. There's some other verses in addition yes. to those that, that I love too. And you probably have this on your list, Mark 135, and rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And I thought, wow, that's so what time do you get up, Mary? Well, usually before dawn, we set the clock and get up early. Uh, you know, even though we're retired, we have a lot of things we want to do. Well, yeah. So, well, and I feel sorry for myself if I have to set an alarm at the five o'clock hour. Like I'm not. So I think we should say that. Like I, I do in the morning too after my kids go to school. Yeah, of course. I spend time Only with God. Right. You know, yeah. So you just got to figure out. Well, like right. I am not a morning person. It's going to change by stage, and it's going to well. change in different stages. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, there's some wonderful ones from the Old Testament. I love this one. Isaiah 30, 15, in quietness and trust oh, is your strength. Isn't I that love so that good? I Do y'all have same, same ones? I'm well, loving Apparently, because I have that. Lamentations three twenty. No. What is Lamentations? It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Yes. And then this, everyone, I love this one, be still and know that I am God. Yes. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted on the earth. Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God. And how timely that is right now with all that's going on in the world to know that in spite of all the chaos, we can be still. still And that's a, that verse, the first part of that verse Mm -hmm. in particular is one I would recommend to people who are trying to start practicing this discipline. Just stay with that. Sit with God with that the first part of that mm-hmm. Psalm 4610 that Psalm 4610 I've seen it worked out where you write it and you take away a word yes. at a time yes. and just kind of yeah. and it's it looks so like a funnel beautiful you, yes. you start with just be right oh you do it the other way you start yeah. with a B okay and then be and then still build up oh neat and that I've done it I've been I've learned to do it Jan Johnson I think is the one I got that from but it's the opposite you lop off a so be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know. Mm-hmm. Be still. And you get down to just be. Yes. And it's, but either way, it's a wonderful tool 
um, to be able to quiet yourself. Yes. Listener, where will you find solitude and silence today? Perhaps, like Mary, you'll find it in the early morning hours at your kitchen table. Or, as Stacy described, maybe you'll find it on your porch or in nature. But what if your day is a messy tangle of appointments, a cacophony of demands? Is it possible to find solitude and silence on days like this? Richard Foster encourages us to take advantage of the little solitudes that fill our day. Consider the solitude of those early morning moments in bed before the family awakens. Think of the solitude of a morning cup of coffee before beginning the work of the day. There is the solitude of bumper-to-bumper traffic during the freeway rush hour. There can be little moments of rest and refreshment when we turn a corner and see a flower or a tree. Slip outside just before bed and taste the silent night. These are times for inner quiet, for reorienting our lives like a compass needle. They are little moments that help us to be genuinely present where we are. It's our hope that everywhere you are today, you'll find tiny moments of silence and solitude to meet God in your portable sanctuary of the heart.